0: Hi folks, welcome to episode 182 of the Gospel of Kennison. I am your host, my name is James Kennison, and um, I am on day goodness, week one of the end of my last depressive episode, and things are great again. I mean, really, I've been doing so much, you just don't even know, um... You know, I, I, I would almost think I'm bipolar, but bipolar people switch a lot more often than I do, and they kind of uh, go overboard on their manic side. I just go from normal to depressed, but my normal is, uh, I mean, just from what I remember from back in the day before all this stuff happened 10 plus years ago. My normal is pretty awesome, meaning I I'm like creative and driven. And uh, so so the way that's been playing out, not only in my home, but in the podcasting world is I've kind of taken podcasting on as my job again. And so I've gone through the website and I've I've really ramped up all of the descriptions and I've picked through the website and found mistakes and fixed them. Um, I signed up for a new um, mailing list because my old one wasn't free anymore because I had too many subscribers. Uh, I I I don't know. I, I've done a lot of stuff. I, I don't. Know. It 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 it's just. Uh, it's good. It's good. Oh oh. I I I've been. Um, booking comedians to come on to that story show. And so far I've got three booked and uh, I'm excited about each one of them. One of them stands out to me that I thought I'd never get is this lady. I can't remember her name right now because I'm terrible. Uh, But she is a Gen Xer and talks about Gen X humor, which is going to be awesome because me and John are both Gen X and It's, she talks about childhood stuff and the other, uh, generations, um, and how we don't care about anything. (laughs) So it, I, I was like, never thought I'd get her and she's great. And, um, so what I'm doing is I'm going on dry bar. It's a, it's a YouTube channel and, uh, it's clean comedians only. And so I listen, I don't just pick at random, uh, or or pick uh, without vetting them, but I listen to them and uh, watch their videos. And if I like them, I send them uh, an email requesting that they either come for a 30 minute, uh, you know, interview slash storytelling session that I could play, you know, on the podcast or they can come live. And so far, everybody that's responded wants to be on the show the whole time. And I am, Ah, I'm amazed at that. And I've been picking men. I've been picking women. I've been picking people of color. Um, because there's one thing you guys know about me is I'm from a multicultural background, especially, you know, having lived in Kansas city at Sheffield family life center for so long. Um, and I, I moved to Florida and it was white world and, uh, you know, in St. Louis I I rub shoulders with a lot of people from different backgrounds. And, you know, once I moved out of Kansas City, uh, that story show got mostly white and mostly male. And I've never been proud of that. Um, I mean, I'm proud of my show. Uh, But there just wasn't availability, you know. But now I've got chances to To handpick, you know, who I want to ask, and there's lots and lots of options, and uh, and it's really, it's really good. So I'm excited about that. And if you don't understand why it matters, that's fine. That's fine. Maybe you're from a small town and all there are is white people, you know, that kind of thing. Um, just know for me, it's important because my world is a diverse world, and. I want my show to reflect the world that I live in much like you would hope that your church reflects the neighborhood that it's in. You know, if you were in a a neighborhood that had a lot of Mexicans and a lot of black folks and yet your church is all white. Honest. I think that says something about your church. You're not reaching your community, your Jerusalem. And, and so, um, I'm, I'll am i quit harping on it and quit preaching. Just know that James Kennison is excited about the possibilities. And that's, that's where I am when I'm not in a depressive episode. The only fear I have, and I've done this a million times, is I booked myself up, and I got all these great new ideas, and then the depression hits again and I can't follow through with them and I just feel like I have uh failed everyone. But I've come to the just I, I don't know, I, I I I I have to do this while I can. You know? Isn't it better to try? Isn't it better to try and fail? and not try at all? I think so. So that's where I'm at. Another thing I've been doing is uh, I've had the idea for the show to have people come on with me live um, in in our Discord server to tell their own stories interactively with me. And um, I've done three of them so far. Uh, I don't know if it'll take off or not. I haven't sent it out to the newsletter yet because I'm switching to a new newsletter service. Um, And I mentioned it briefly on the podcast, but I didn't have it all set up on the website yet. But um, if you are a listener and you would like to get on the horn with me and tell your story live, um, I would love it. I would love it. I hope people will do it. I hope they're not you know, um, intimidated or whatever. Cause th- this is me. This is how I am. This is how I am with my family. This is how I am when I'm preaching. It's how I am when I'm, um, podcasting. Um, it's how I am with my kids and this is how I'll be on a, uh, on an interview, you know, slash storytelling session. So if you'd like to do such a thing, Go to NLCast.com, click Submit a Story, and the first option is book a time for your interactive story. You click on that, and it goes to a page, and you can pick on the calendar my av- you know one of my available slots, and whichever one works for you. And uh, it's on Tuesdays that I re- record, and uh, I do a couple a day every week. So I would love... I would love to do it. Um, so, you know, here it is. Here's your invitation. If you feel like you can't do it, I, I think you can. And and the thing is, it would be like me and John uh, telling the story because you're talking the story and I'm throwing in crap and interrupting you and interacting and telling stories that it reminds me of. And I think it just takes the the listener storytelling aspect to the next level and i'm really excited about it i hope people will get into it i could easily see it taking the place of reading our most of our stories um you know cuz we've always done voicemail stories and those are always good but the i mean this is the next level this is next level i'm i'm super excited about it i would i would love for you to take advantage of it if you're a listener Uh, of that story show as well as GOK. All right. Um, Main topic of discussion today is that I took my daughter out to dinner last night and I haven't done that. I am ashamed to say for at least a couple of years. And I, uh, we had a great time. It was awesome. It was healing. It was good. Um, I think I've mentioned before on the show that from sometime after she was 16 till very recently um there's just been a distance nothing nothing mean nothing angry there's been no fighting or anything there's just been a distance between us and she has um she's bridged that gap recently and let me back into her world i guess And it all started with a bracelet that I wear every single day. Um, She was at a church event that we do with the neighborhood uh, called Family Fun Nights. And um, they were making paracord bracelets. And she made one for everybody in the family. And she made one for me. And normally I wouldn't have been included or thought of. And it was the first time in two years that I was thought of and so i wear it and probably will wear it for the rest of my life because it was uh it was it was like it means the world um but anyway i had to take her out uh before she went to college which is just in a few weeks and you know conversation was good um you know, asking her questions about college and about her classes and, you know, all this kind of stuff, and she's just so happy to answer them. Um, but I had a goal, and that goal was to ask her what she needed from me as a father. And here's, here's why, and this is what I told her. I said, "I'm going to ask you a, a really hard question, a really deep question. And uh, I said, but I have to preface it with this. And I, I said, you know, I. um, By the time I was your age, my parents had divorced. My step parents, rather, my step dad had divorced my father. -father, Stepfather, my real dad was dead. Um, My mom had been, you know, fighting me growing up and basically punishing me for not for not having for having an opinion about life, you know, and uh, she took the money that I graduated with and bought a bunch of dogs with the promise that she would use the profits to pay for me to go to Savannah School of Art and Design, which, you know, I'm still waiting for that money. Um, I said, you know, I, I knew how to be a dad when you were younger because I knew what I wanted from a dad. But by the time my, I got to your age, my family pretty much turned their back on me, and I, I have no frame of reference. And so I asked her, I said, I know this is a hard question. You're probably not even going to be able to answer it. But what, what do you need from a dad? What do you need from me? And she was like, you could tell it was, it was, it was affecting her, you know, like, like it meant a lot that I would ask, but she, she had no answer. And I, and I, she said, can you be more specific? (laughs) Like, you know, uh, and I said, not really (laughs) because I, uh, I just I always knew what to do with you when you were little. I just grab you, throw you upside down and spin you around, throw you on the couch, tickle you, kiss you on the on your face and uh tell you I loved you. And and now I don't I don't know how to do. I don't know how to express. I don't know your love languages. Um I I I don't know what you need from me. And she she basically said she did tell me her love languages was quality time and words of affirmation. And I said, those are mine. T- t- you know, at least words of affirmation is a big one for me. And yet that is the hardest one for me to express, especially to her. And I don't know why. And she says, well, do you feel this way with Jay? And I was like, no, no, No. And she said, she says, my friends always talk about how they fight with their moms and they have these huge fights with their moms. And she says I've always wondered why me and mom don't fight. And I realized it's because we're so different. And she says, you and me are a lot alike, which, oh, oh, you know, I, I love that. I love that so much. Oh, I mean, I don't want her to be um, self-loathing and and depressed like me but uh, when you feel like you're nothing like i do like i i literally feel like i'm less than nothing as a human being um to hear somebody say that is so fulfilling because she's she was she wasn't like super proud of it or anything like you know um just like you dad uh but she sees herself and she says she's like me and i think she's amazing and beautiful and wonderful and special and unique and um i'm so proud of her and and she sees me in her somewhere in all of that ah so anyway but that was her that was her reasoning saying, you know, it's easy for you and Jay because you're different. Uh mom and Jay are alike, me and her are alike, and and maybe that's part of the you know the distance that we felt until recently. And and I was like, that's good, that's good. And but we kept coming back to the big question, and I was like, Yeah, I, I know you can't answer that, and maybe maybe over time you can. And I and I kind of just said and it kind of came down to this is I know that's an impossible question but just know this that whatever you need from me just ask cuz I'll always be there for you and that's when the tears welled up in her eyes and I realized I was like yeah <laughs> I said the right thing <laughs> cuz I meant it I mean it and and that's the thing is she doesn't know what she needs from me either I don't know why I expected an answer. She's a kid. She's never had a dad at this age. She's, she's brand new. I'm brand new. I have no experience. Neither one of us can answer that question, but I think the question was answered. You know, whatever you need and whenever you need me, just ask and I'll, cause I'll always be there. And the minute she told me her, love language was words of affirmation I just stared her in the eyeballs and said I love you I am so proud of you if that means anything to you at all I think you're amazing you remind me of your mom and I said you know how much I love your mom I worship that woman and and you uh, seem to have the best of all of our personalities and traits without any of the bad ones and, uh, I don't know. I just went on for a minute about how I felt and in, I, oh, I, I gave her what I always wanted, which was unconditional acceptance, unearned acceptance from a man. And, uh. I, I'm glad to do it. Glad to do it. It's interesting. You think you're done when when you've poured into them as children. You know that the teaching and the molding and the training is done in their youth. But this is uh, you know just as la- just last night I learned that it's not over, and she does need me. And uh, it's just not in a huggy, squeezy, you know, jokey, old-fashioned dad kind of way. It's a security that she has that she knows if she gets in too deep or if there's something she can't handle, which most of the time she can. But if there's ever a thing she can't handle or needs help with, she knows that I'm there for her. And I don't even understand how amazing that must be. I, I can imagine, I guess I can't imagine, but I can't fully comprehend it because I never had that. And that's one of the reasons I went into a deep, dark depression after I lost my job because every man that enters my life that that is over me, like that manager, I put them in this place, this hole in my soul, and I expect them, or I hope that with impressing them and doing the best I can, that I will, you know, I will earn their respect and they will admonish me, fill me, and, you know, it it obviously is bullcrap. I've often said this and thought this, that, you know, that when a father leaves, he leaves us a hole in your soul. He does. And I think fathers are so um, valuable and so necessary to a family and to a, a boy or a girl growing up that. That, that hole stays there forever. That, I mean, this sounds borderline blasphemous, but it's just been my experience, and I, I'm open to being wrong, but it's my gospel. that um, Not even God will fill that hole. People used to tell me he would. God will be your daddy. He meant well. But he wasn't. He wasn't there. He wasn't there for Father days and you know trips and you know birthdays and a whole bunch of other stuff and he can't be there in a physical sense and i know they mean he could heal you and and you know but in my experience he hasn't and i think it's out of the respect for the for the job that a father has that it's it's so foundational because a mother is your first example of unconditional love. Your mother, I mean, babies literally think that mothers are part of them when they're babies. They, they just, they, they, they get all of their, um, I don't know, I just say that moms make you who you are. But a dad's love makes you feel okay about what you are. Because he's the first person in your life that didn't have to love you, but loves you anyway. And both parents have such a such an importance. Uh, I mean, you put a gun to my head, I'm going to say the mom has much more importance than a father. But the father, seriously, I mean... I I don't know I I I think what he brings a good father anyway a bad father can screw up worse than no father but a good father or one that's trying brings self esteem and uh I don't know I I just say this I told her you know that all I know to do is is all I've done in my life is I knew to, to give you guys a foundation and security, I knew the best thing I could do was love your mom. And you guys know I love your mom so much. And, um, and that I could stay as a father, just stay. And that's, that's all I knew. That's all I knew. And the rest of it came natural, playing with you guys, partnering around with you guys, podcasting with you guys, you know, on and on and on. But now I'm finding I just don't know what to do because it is different now. I I mean, I can't flop on the couch and her jump in my lap. That'd that'd be inappropriate in my mind, even though I would love it. Freaking, I'd love to cuddle with my daughter still. That's why I need grandkids as (laughs) soon as possible because... I did tell her on the at the dinner that I said, I was a good dad, but I will be the best grandpa ever. <laughs> and she said, I can see it. So anyway, all that to say that uh, dinner went well. I got out what I needed to say. And we answered the question. We ultimately did. What do you need from your dad? I have no idea. But. When I do need it, I know you'll be there. And um, that's just going to be one of those moments that has bur- burned into my memory forever. And I do have value, and it's different now. Sure, sure it's different. But it's a good different. It's a good different. So, um, I think I'm all caught up. I don't know if I mentioned this, um, last time, but I've been tipping over tipping lately (laughs) to people that seem like they need it because I was, uh, not doing shows for three months, but I was taking all your money. And so I felt that I felt like I owed the world some money. And so I've been. I've been tipping and I did the last one that got me caught up last night at dinner. Um, I didn't mean for Jenna to see it, but she was like a hundred dollars. And I'm like, I I owe the world money. (laughs) And I told her about the podcast money. She's like, no, that makes sense. And um, we had gotten the waitress's name and she put thanks Rachel on there. And the only thing I hope, and I should, I wanted to ask and I didn't ask is do they do tip sharing there? because if they do then she's going to be you know disappointed but you know i i don't know you do you do what you do and and you hope for the best so um but it it is uh it's a it's a good thing um it's it it feels good to give i i think honestly uh one of the things that pulled me out of my latest depressive episode was beginning to give away uh Some of the money that that I owed uh to the world I mean that story show we do fifty dollars a show that we give away to a a good storyteller or the the best story they're all good storytellers so I started just as I was starting to come out of it um, and I think it pulled me the rest of the way so I don't know. I'm 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 up for anything. So next time I get depressed, I'm going to start blessing people. See see if it see if it fixes me. I I'm dude, I'll do anything. That's one thing I explained to Jenna last night is you know, this this cuz she asked me how did, how did, what is you know, I don't understand what it's like and I I told her I started, you know, with or Kansas city and went all the way to Florida and then told her what it feels like now. And the big thing is it makes me inconsistent and unreliable. And if I could be consistent and reliable, I would be in ministry right now, full time. No joke, no doubt. Um, but I, I, I'm not there, you know, I'm just not. I can't even podcast with, uh, regularity and that, that drives me crazy because that's something I love and I can't even do that sometimes. But anyway, I'm, I'm super excited about, uh, all the work I've done on the podcast. I upgraded and reworked our Patreon pages. Um, I redid all the descriptions, um, updated all the descriptions for iTunes. Um, I added the Calendly app, which allows people to book time. I've been hitting on comedians. And uh, so far, yeah, I think I mentioned, yeah, that I offered them a 30 minute, yeah, review or, or interview or the full podcast. And they all want to do the full podcast, which is, Crazy to me, but I love it. And there's been a few people that haven't responded and I just assume they don't need us. You know, they're, they're big enough. And I'm like, that's fine. I don't want, I don't want big names. That that would, that would be very intimidating. And if they don't need us, I'm whatever. Uh, I'm here honestly to give the comedian more by exposing them to our audience than they give us. I mean, that's my goal anyway. I don't know that I'll do that. I don't know that I'll be able to, but you know, I want to do a brief interview time and, and the storytelling time and, and then have them interact with the stories and when we read them and things like that. So really excited, been working on the, um, there's a whole list of things that needs to be done. They, they actually in the podcasting world, they call it onboarding your guests where you, kind of tell them about what they're going to be doing, but you do it in bursts of emails. And like, cause for instance, I have to educate them about what discord is, how to get on there. um, You know, how to help them to find a microphone and headset to, to be used, you know, many of these guys do podcasts, so they already have a setup. So that's amazing. Um, But then another one would be you know, it, it, getting them familiar with the format of the show, what's going to be expected of them, blah, blah, blah. So I've been preparing all these these documents and stuff. And many of these comedians have given me their phone numbers. So, um, you know, it's going to be great. But I'm, I want to talk to you again about this millennial lady. Um, I think her name's Kate, but she's from Georgia. And so when I, some of these comedians, I send them a form letter that I've written, and I just change out their names and stuff. But for her, I was like, all right, first of all, I love your comedy, uh, especially about Gen X people and, and millennials and and, uh, and uh, boomers and stuff. And I said, secondly, I'm from Georgia. And uh, I'm about as far south as you can get before you hit Florida, which is not the south. And she wrote back and she said, I'd love to be on your show, but mostly because you know that Florida is not the south. <laughs> so uh and john's from georgia lives there so i my my accent might come out a little bit when i start talking to her it tends to do that that's what my wife says so uh you know y'all y'all might have to deal with that some people say i i have more of an accent than i think i do um but you know you lose the accent you can you lose the accent but you you can't lose the jargon. Like I still say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, uh, you know, but, but I did, I don't call carts, buggies anymore and, uh, stuff like that. So anyway, I'm going to let y'all go. I, I think that's it. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support patrons. I, I do appreciate it. Um, every little bit helps, you know, makes me feel like a man when I'm bringing in income like last night, patrons you paid for my dinner with my daughter. Uh, we went to cheesecake factory. You should know that you bought it. Um, and I told her, I said, it's on the show. So whatever you want, we got appetizers. Uh, we got, we each got our own meal instead of splitting it like me and her mom would. Um, and we got a free piece of cheesecake cause I signed up for the rewards. Uh, and uh, I I have to thank you guys for that. It didn't come out of my family's bank account. I I wasn't a burden on the family. And that's a big deal for me. So thank you, thank you, thank you, freaking thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to support me, uh, it's uh, Patreon.com/slash GOK. I'll see you guys next time. I love you. Thank you